Welcome to New Catholic Church. You're listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Daryl Finchley. Well, good morning. If you have your Bibles, let me invite you to turn to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. We are finishing up our I Pray series. We come this morning, we discovered that prayer is much more than just talking to God. It is a real, personal, interactive relationship between you and God. We've been using Jeremiah 33.3 as our theme. In the message translation, it says, Call to me and I will answer you. I will tell you marvelous and wonderful things that you could never figure out on your own. What an incredible invitation. What an incredible promise. And yet, sometimes, have you figured out that timing sometimes is in question? Have you discovered yet that uh, sometimes your prayer and God's answer or His revelation has a space of time involved? How many of you have ever been in weight training? But I'm going to spell it a little bit different. Not W-E-I-G-H-T, but W-A-I-T training. Weight training. I hate to wait. I think I have a gift and it's not spiritual. It's called impatience. I don't like to stand in line. I don't like being at a stoplight sitting behind somebody on their cell phone. Light changes, everybody moves, but they're still texting. It's illegal, and I'm frustrated. I don't like it when I pull in a gas station and all the pumps are occupied, and the person in front of you finishes, and they get back in their car, and they want to fill out their bank statement about this charge, and then reset their odometer. I want to honk. I just want to honk. But I'm a Christian. I believe I'm in weight training. I'm serious. Have you ever been driving in traffic and you're in one lane and every lane around you is moving but yours? And so you're watching in your mirror and you find a space, you pull over just in time, almost cause a wreck, but you get in the fast lane and then every lane but yours moves. <laughs> I'm in weight training. How are you at waiting? You want to test it? Try and sit down for an evening of TV without the remote control. And with TVs these days, you wouldn't even know how to change the channel. The batteries are out of your remote control and you can punch those buttons as long as you want and nothing's changing. Now, if you're in my generation, I believe my parents had kids so that we could change the channel. You remember the tuner that you had to click? Now, here's the thing. We only got one channel at my house, and my daddy still told me to change the channel. (laughs) I'm in weight training. 
And it's God's idea. In fact, he has purposed it. Forty-three times in the Old Testament, we're commanded to wait on the Lord. Psalm 27, 14 says, Wait on the Lord, be encouraged, be of good courage, and He will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And most of us, He has to tell us twice. Psalm 37, I was just going to read one verse, but the other ones fit me so well, I'm going to fit you too. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who carries out wicked schemes. Cease from anger. Forsake wrath. Do not fret. He had to say it twice. It leads only to evildoing, for evildoers will be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord, they will inherit the land. Psalm 62, 5 and 6 says, My soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He's my defense. I shall not be moved. The reason I'm putting this in for prayer is because prayer is the primary form for waiting on God. In fact, let me tell you, when you're waiting on God, prayer is kind of the means and the mode by which you wait. But here's the problem with waiting. It seems like such a waste of time. God, I need help now. My child is sick now. God, the bank is going to repossess my car tomorrow. God, I'm out of money now. I'm out of food. I want this house now. I want healing now. I want wisdom now. I want knowledge now. God, please don't make me wait. 2 Peter 3.8 says, Don't forget this one thing. With the Lord, a day's like a thousand years. Have you ever had one of those days? And a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promises, as some men understand slowness. I love the story about the man having a conversation with God. He says, God, how long is a million years to you? And he said, just like a second. The man thought, he said, how much is a million dollars to you? And he says, the same as a penny. He saw his opportunity and he said, God, can I have one of your pennies? And God said, just a second. (laughs) Been there? You thought you had it figured out? You thought if you prayed it this way? There's a purpose. Yeah, there's a problem. It looks like a waste of time, but there's a purpose. Not only is it a waste of time, but let me tell you this. Waiting is far more difficult than working. There are some things we can work for. There are other things we can only wait for. You can work for a living, but you have to wait for spring. To wait for something is to recognize that my life is made up more than just activity. I've become expert in activity and I'm an amateur in waiting. The third problem with waiting is it requires submission. It demands surrender. 
I have a confession. I have to make a confession. I don't understand everything. To wait for something is to recognize I'm not in control. I'm not calling the shots. And the timing is not up to me. Well, then what's the point of waiting? And here's what I saw. God does in us while we wait. What God does in us while we wait is as important as what it is we're waiting for. In other words, what God is up to while you're waiting, a work he's doing in you is is, is as important as the thing you think you're waiting for. Waiting is not just something we have to do until we get what we want. Waiting is part of the process of becoming what God wants us to be. God is doing a work in us as he is preparing a work for and through us. Waiting on the Lord is a confident, disciplined, expectant, Active and sometimes painful clinging to God. Waiting on the Lord is the continual daily decision that says, God, I will trust you. And I will respond to you even though the circumstances of my life are not turning out the way I want them to, or they may not ever turn out the way I want them to, but I'm betting everything on you. You alone are my rock. You are the loan or my supply. You are my source, God, and there's no plan B. That's waiting on the Lord. But what I want to focus on this morning for you is not just the problem or the point. What I want to focus on is the promise. We all know the pain in the waiting. But what's the promise? Isaiah forty thirty one says this. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This verse is an inheritance word. That's what... Uh, Connie and I, we, we heard Graham Cook talk about there are certain verses of Scripture that God points out to you that you can grab hold of and become inheritance words to you. Last week I shared with you Acts chapter 5 verse 20 where God gave me the word, go stand and speak all the words of this life. Well, in 1980, sometime, somewhere around there, I, that uh, God allowed Connie and I to go to a, a, a retreat in Florida, a pastor and wives retreat in Florida. And we stayed in what a retreat center, but it was like hotel rooms. And the hotel rooms didn't have room numbers, it had room promises. And we stayed in Isaiah 40, 31. And through the years, we have literally watched how God has used that one promise back in the 80s as He's just continually to work it out through our life. It's an inheritance word for us. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. The word wait in Hebrew is kavah. 
It means to bind together like a cord. Now that doesn't mean like you've got a, a, some items together and you're going to tie them together with a cord. That's not what it's talking about. It literally is talking about the entwining of the strings into a cord. I have a rope here. This is a rope of three strands. That's what makes this rope up. But if you'll, if you'll look, I discovered that the three strands, each strand is made up of a lot of other strings. And it's the strings. Now, you may be feeling like you're this lone strand. The idea of waiting on the Lord is God taking your strand and intertwining it with all the things that he's doing and all the resources that he's providing and all the things that he's doing while you're waiting. It means to literally entwine yourself like a cord. To wait is to twine myself, entwine myself into who God is, what he said, what he's doing. In other words, it's not inactivity at all. The weight is not doing nothing. It may be still, but it's focused. It may be quiet, but it's longing. It's crying out. It's pressing in. Now, a piece of string by itself can be easily broken with the tug or the weight of the situation. But when you entwine that with all the other strands that make up, it becomes stronger than it could ever be by itself. And a rope can lift hundreds of more pounds than the string can. And you know, even when it gets under the stress of the load, as it stretches, the, literally, the strings that's entwined literally get closer together. And it becomes even stronger. That's the idea about waiting. The waiting is not me just sitting still waiting for God to come through. Sitting in a corner waiting for God to come through. It literally is me understanding that as I'm waiting and focused and praying and seeking God. Listening and reading in the scriptures that God is literally intertwining who I am in him. And it's my union with Christ that literally gives me the strength for everything God is wanting to answer in me. Now I want to tell you, even when this rope looks like it's doing nothing, it's able and it's available for any use that God wants to put it to. Quava. It's to bind together like a cord. Waiting is not... Sitting in a corner, sitting back waiting for God to answer me in a few days or a few weeks. God, I've answered. I'm going to see what you do. It's about binding together with him. It's about focus. It's about faith. It's about the word. It's about fellowship. It's about pressing in to know him. It's about being proactive in my relationship with him. It's about remaining there. About being present. It's about relationship. It's about intimacy. Wayne Stiles wrote this. I want to read it to you. He says, waiting is a very active part of living. Waiting on God, if we do it correctly, is anything but passive. 
Waiting works its way out in very deliberate actions, very intentionally seeking, searching the Scripture and praying, intense moments of humility and self-realization of our finiteness and our weaknesses. With the waiting comes learning. I can't think, he says, I can't think of much I've learned that's positive from the times I've plowed ahead without waiting on God. Let me ask you a question. What did you learn when you just went ahead and did it? Waiting on God. What happens when we press into God in waiting? The Bible says we renew strength. The word for renew is halaf. Halaf. It means to change or to exchange. It's the, it, the idea, the figuratively, it's taking off the old clothing and putting on the new. We literally exchange our weakness and our finite for His power and His ability. As we wait, we are being entwined with His strength, with His power, with His wisdom, with His life. We are empowered for the very thing we are waiting for. In the waiting, we gain confidence in God, in His person. Confidence in His wisdom, His love, His timing, His understanding of our situation, and His understanding of the world's situation. We come to know and trust in God's principles, His promises, His purposes, and His power. We put it on. We are entwined in it. We become more than we are by ourselves. We renew strength. It's koach. It means power or capacity or ability. It speaks of power in the sense of inherent potential to perform some function. The capacity to act or to be able to produce. In other words, when we wait on God... And we exchange our weakness for His strength and intertwine ourselves in Him. We receive what's needed to produce what God's doing. This would include, we receive emotional strength, moral strength, spiritual strength, as well as physical strength. They that wait... And the promise is threefold. There's three specific promises in this verse. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. The word, the key word here is mount up. It means to ascend or to rise higher. It's to rise above the situation. It's the change of perspective of how you look at the situations that you're waiting for. You mount up with wings like eagles. Now you do know that the eagle's ability to soar is the reality of the opposing winds that are against it. And the higher the wind, the more the opposition, the higher the eagle can rise. You see, we want no opposition so we can strut on the ground. But it's in the opposition of life and as we wait on the Lord it says and here's the promise you will ascend you will rise right in the midst of the opposition you get higher you get a different perspective you begin to see things differently you there's a promise in this wait 
I mount up. I ascend. I rise above the situation. The harder the wind, the higher the flight. And then they'll run and not be weary. The Hebrew word for run here figuratively is the, the course of the sun in a whole day. In other words, it rises in the east and sets in the west. But the idea here of running is the whole course of the way. And so when it's talking about running, it's talking about the course of your life. The course of what God's called you to, what God's given you to do, the cause that he's put you in. That course, he says here, you're going to be able to run in it and not be wearied, not be tired out, not be stressed out. I don't know, but that's a pretty good promise to me. That the very thing that he's called and commissioned and gifted you to do... As you wait on Him and entwine yourself into Him, He will give you the power, the authority, the strength to run your course without weariness. And they shall walk and not faint. The walk here speaks of everyday life with all of its daily and often humdrum activities and routines. It is just another one. You ever felt that? You're praying, 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 and you wake up the next morning and there's another one. you got to do the same thing you did yesterday, the thing you've done a hundred times before. A thousand times before. And here's the promise. You'll be able to go through that and you won't quit. You won't quit. You won't faint, turn back, give up. You won't throw in the towel. Why? Because you're waiting. You're intertwining your life into His as you're waiting in prayer. You'll mount up, you'll rise above. You'll make it through without weariness and you will not quit. That's the promise of waiting on the Lord. Now here's my paraphrase. They that have all the aspects of their lives intertwined and bound together with the Lord. Like threads twisted into a rope. You'll exchange your meager strength for the strength of the Lord. And you'll rise up to meet the challenges as if... They had a powerful wings like an eagle that you can soar above the, the problem. You can see it from a different perspective. You will run through the life that God's called you to and not grow weary. And you'll walk through the problems of everyday life and not quit. All because you wait on the Lord. Isaiah 64, 4 says this, For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, nor has the eye seen any God besides you who acts, who responds for the one who waits for him. That same verse is quoted in 1 Corinthians 2, 9, when it says, I have not seen nor ear heard nor ever entered the heart of man what God has prepared for those who love him. And notice how it defines love, waiting on him. Waiting. Don't stop waiting. 
Don't get discouraged. Don't stop praying, seeking, listening, soaking, reading, meditating, yearning, longing, looking. Don't stop. Call upon Him. What an invitation. He will answer you what a promise and He'll show you wonderful things that you could never figure out on your own. He's going to be more than you could ever imagine. Spurgeon said this about waiting. He says, wait at his door with prayer. Wait at his feet with humility. Wait at his table with service. And wait at his window with expectancy. Now, here's the thing we often miss. We think waiting is for something. We think waiting is... For something to happen. Waiting for something to come about. Waiting for life to finally make, make sense. Here's the good news about waiting. Waiting is not... The most important thing about waiting is not what you're waiting for. It's who you're waiting with. You're waiting with Him. He is more important than what you're waiting for. You're waiting on Him. But here's the question. The real question for me. I hope it's a question for you. Am I waiting on Him? Or is He waiting on me? Is it really that I'm waiting for some answer? That I'm waiting for some prayer? Is it really that I'm waiting for some situation and consequence? Or is it that God's waiting on me to call upon Him so He can answer? So He can show me? Is He waiting on me to eavesdrop on heaven? Is He waiting on me to discover that in my prayer there's the limitless reach of what God's up to in our world? God is inviting you to participate with Him to show His name great. In all the earth. Prayer is not a piece of your life. Prayer becomes the breath of your life in your relationship with God. You study the word to know about him. It's in prayer you discover the reality of what you know. Would you bow with me in prayer? What's God saying to you right now? Are you really waiting on him or is he waiting on you? He says if you wait on him, you'll exchange your strength. You'll get all his power. You'll get all of his promises. It's all available to you today. God's not slow. As we count slowness, he's right on time. He's right on time. Father, right now, would you open our hearts to see? Would you open our minds to receive? Most of all, Lord, would you show us how to just get ourselves caught up, intertwined, to put our strand in the midst of the strands that you've given us in the resources of life, that we could become all that you've intended us to be. God, what you're doing in the process is more important than what we get as an answer. 
because you transform us. And we become vessels of honor in a world desperately in need of seeing your glory. Lord, we step in. We step into you. We step in. I don't know how to pray as I ought. Your spirit is here to help me. I step in. Lord, if you're waiting on me to trust you today, my answer is I trust you, Lord. I trust you. There's no plan B. You're my plan A. You're my plan B, plan C, plan D, plan Z. You're my plan. For I've discovered that without you, I can do nothing. I trust you. I'm going to set my heart to pray. Not a mechanical prayer, not a routine, not a religious, but a prayer to know you and to make you known in my world. I pray, would you set 2020 apart in my life to grow me up, strengthen me, and use me. I want to mount up with wings of eagles. I want to run and not be weary. I want to walk and live daily without fading. And I give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For more information or to listen to past sermons, go to newcovenantlampasses.com.